Hello again. Welcome back to the podcast daily. It is Wednesday. And as Bill Landis and I realized uh, on the Tuesday episode, we're getting kind of close to spring ball, which is hard to believe. Uh, but that's the way the college football calendar works now. So uh, Berm has joined us today and we are going to dive into the first in a, in a sort of state of the position group uh, update that we're going to go through as we get closer and closer to the official start of spring ball in March. We're going to start as always, at the top with the quarterback position, which, Berm, pretty fascinating race we got developing here. It certainly does appear to have all the markings of your classic quarterback controversy, a battle, a fight for the fight to the death, however you want to put it. Oh, the reality oh. <laughs> is the reality is Ohio State has a player in calm accord that. Uh, if you take a look at the last two years and the amount of time he's put into the system, the start that he had as a true freshman, the way he's handled himself on and off the field, uh, you'd think that he is in a position to be uh, the favorite heading into the spring. But Devin Brown's really talented, and, and Ohio State is going to play the guy that gives them the best chance to win. Uh, that's what Ryan Day has always done, and uh, I'm interested to see where the battle goes. I think that the reality is that you have two five-star kids. Both of them are, are really hardworking. Both of them have got uh, support from the players on the team and it should be one heck of a, a heck of a, you know, spring, spring fight. They're not going to kill the other burn. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe, well, maybe. All right, Bill, I don't, I don't think you believe that it is a fight to the death. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think I think we'd like to see uh, Ohio State get a little more ruthless in different areas of its program, but that's not one of them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the cir circle drill takes on a whole new meaning now. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. No, it will not be. Uh, it will not be a fight to the death. I do. I do expect it to be pretty insanely competitive, though. It's like we haven't had this right since since Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins. Uh, not to not to bring that up again as people are talking about it uh, as the Bengals uh, try to get the Super Bowl again. Um, but this feels very much different from that because even in that battle, the, the Dwayne Haskins had that Michigan game like sort of as the trump card, and it felt like Joe Burrow was really working from it from a disadvantage trying to combat against that, and then also you know wasn't healthy um, for for part of the year before, prior to that. This this feels much more even than that. I understand that Kyle McCord's got the year ahead of Devin Brown in the program and has the start against Akron under his belt, but that that doesn't feel quite the same to me as what we were dealing with back in the spring of, of 2018. So. Um, I, I view these guys as like mostly starting off on equal footing here. I don't, I don't know if Ryan Day views it that way, but, but that's kind of how I view it. I don't know if you guys do. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do something that I'll probably regret. And that's earlier in the week. I did start thinking more about Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins and the way that that battle transpired. And, and I think that there are some similarities or perhaps maybe just some lessons that Ryan Day can take from what transpired there. Again, I think that the process worked and that Ohio State made the decision that was correct at the time. And I'm not going to rewrite any history there. But I do think that there's an element where it's going to be a philosophical decision in, in a lot of ways. And Dwayne Haskins was never going to be more of the dual threat. We knew that Joe Burrow could run pretty much the exact same offense the same way that JT Barrett did. And if Ryan Day wanted to incorporate more quarterback runs – you would think that Devin Brown would be the guy to do that. <clears throat> In this circumstance, then Kyle McCord is more like Dwayne Haskins. So has Ryan Day changed enough uh, of what he wants his offense to look like that he thinks it's he needs to maybe give Devin Brown a harder look and incorporate the run? Or is the elite trait, which is what he's always talked about with his quarterbacks, I feel like 
deep down, Ryan Day wants that elite extraordinary trait to be somebody's arm, right? I, that's the way I feel. That's the way I've evaluated it from w- the way he goes about his business. And if that's the case, that does tend to favor more Kyle McCord. So I think that's not going to be the only way that they have to decide this, but I do think if they're relatively ev- even the way you're saying, Bill, then it may come down to just what Ryan Day views as the future of his offense and what he needs his quarterback to do. I think that's right. Uh, I would be curious, Berm, as someone who like evaluated both these guys coming out of high school, what you think of their arms like compared side by side. Because I kind of view them as, as somewhat similar passers. But then I look at the athleticism of Devin Brown and think to myself, well, that's the different differentiator between the two if it came down to it. Kyle definitely, I think, from what I saw as he was entering college and what we've seen just in the last two years, has a different gear, a a little bit more zip, a little bit more RPMs when he throws the ball. I I think that one of the differences, if we're going to go back to the Dwayne and Joe thing, is that the Ohio State offense in 2018 did not have players like, you know, Marvin Harrison on it and did not have Emeka Abuka on it. Those guys that they had in that passing game and not that Dwayne Haskins didn't push the ball down the field. Ohio state threw the ball down the field quite a bit in 2018, but Johnny Dixon and Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin, those guys were, were not the same type of player that Ohio state currently has at wide receiver, you know, just from a purely athletic standpoint, I think that it allows you to get a little bit more aggressive and maybe push the ball more down the field than, than Ohio state thought they would back then. And I don't know if, if the, the legs of Devin Brown are going to make that much of a difference because you're going to have a running game that is going to be built on, on Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson and everyone else and not built on the, the ability to scramble uh, like you thought Ohio State needed with JT Barrett. Um, obviously, when, when Ohio State had Justin Fields, he didn't run the ball very much, and, and he's an elite, elite level runner uh, at quarterback, and Ryan Day didn't want him to do it. We saw that this year with C.J. Stroud. He, clearly, that's not what Ryan Day wants. The question is, is it what Ryan Day feels he needs? And is it the evolution of the game where now you have to have a guy who's more able to to move in and out of the pocket? Joe Burrow went to LSU, and his 2018 year was not great. Uh, his 2019 year was great when he had Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator, and he had three first-round picks at wide receiver. Like That job gets a whole lot easier when you have three first-round picks at wide receiver, which now in the NFL he has – to you know, three, but probably tier one wide receivers on his team with the Bengals. Like your job's a lot easier that way. Now that's not to mention, not to take anything away from Joe and his processor and the way that he handles information and the way that he sees defenses, but that's where he's truly elite. He wasn't that way when he left Ohio State. It got there as he got older, but the the reality is Kyle's arm is bigger than Devin's, but Devin finds a way to extend plays and makes, I think it just looks more natural for him because it's mm-hmm. it's sort of effortless. And uh, part of me wants to read into the fact that so like Ryan Day um, recruits Kyle McCord, who I think is much more of a of a of a guy who catches your attention with the way he throws the football, and then the quarterbacks that Ryan Day recruited subsequently, I think, are more about like play extension and athleticism, and not like probably not true dual threat in the way we used to label guys, but but guys are certainly get it done more with their ability to make plays and they do just being able to throw it hundred miles an hour, 30 yard, or excuse me, 50 yards down the field because Ryan day now has like a stack, like Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholes, And we'll see what he does in 2024. Part of me wants to read into that and say like, Oh, well that's what he wants moving forward out of the quarterback position. And maybe like 
he had a different vision for the position when he recruited Kyle McCord than perhaps he does now. But I'm gonna, maybe that's reading way, way too much into it. I honestly think it's probably less about what he wants as opposed to what's out there. The the game has changed so much in high school football. You don't have a lot of true six foot four, two hundred twenty five pound pocket passers anymore that really excel in, in high school. If you go look at the top, you know, pocket passer quarterbacks, most of them are still guys who fifteen years ago we would have considered dual threats. They move the they move yeah. around quite a bit. There's not the true you know, statuesque John Navarre types, the 6'6", 230-pound guys that just stand back there and and don't move. That Those just guys just don't exist anymore. I wonder, uh, to take it even further, so Lincoln Keenholz will be the next guy into that room for Ohio State as we look at that entire position group. I wonder if he's more of a, a mix between – he meets somewhere in the middle because there were other people down there that – other recruiting analysts that we talked to on Saturday in South Florida, Berman, like, well, they didn't think that Keenholz was just a pure runner or a dual threat option. They, they, it sounded like, and everybody can make their own evaluation, and and I will trust yours more than anybody else. But he's like, doesn't sound like those people thought that Keenholz was just going to come in and run around, go crazy, uh, as the same way that maybe Devin Brown could. I feel like maybe you have Kyle McCord as a passer, you have Devin Brown as a dual threat, and that Keenholz may be somewhere in the middle of that. I mean, he's the all-time leading passer in the state of South Dakota. I mean, it, I, I know take that with a grain of salt. South Dakota, what's the competition that he's faced? You know, who else is on that list? I don't know, but it, you don't get there unless you can throw the ball, and he certainly does it without any real problem. He's a super elite athlete that could be playing Division One baseball or, or basketball if he wanted to. So, you know, but that's the same for all these guys. Kyle McCord can dunk a basketball easily. He's you know six foot three, and can he? he can yeah, can he? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, I've seen it. I mean, Kyle, okay. Kyle, Kyle can run. He's not a he's not a slow guy. He's just not a four or five guy. He's a four seven five. Yeah. And you know what? If you're six foot four, two hundred twenty five pounds, and running in the four sevens, you you're still moving pretty good. I mean, it's faster than any of us could run by a lot. Certainly by, is. By, a, by, a, by, a, by a wide margin. Pretty <laughs> low bar sure. that we just established there. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I think that. Because you, if you stack these guys up in a room, you look at them side by side, and you go, "Okay, Kyle's the pocket passer because he's big shouldered and brawny, and but he's he's not like a a guy who can't move, but it's not what he wants to do." And I think that's why Ryan they liked him as a prospect. He he wants a quarterback who's going to throw the football because that's what a quarterback's job is. Um, but you know, for Kyle, I think the biggest challenge that he's going to have to deal with into this spring is not really Devin Brown so much as it is just his own confidence and making sure that he believes that this is his offense and and that is something that we talked about ad nauseum uh this season was when he did get the opportunity to play this past year the fact that ohio state really didn't let him sort of take the offense and run with it at times i i I think did a disservice to him and i I wonder if that's a bigger issue for him over these next three months than just competing against evan brown but i don't you know how i feel about that i don't think that it's a big deal at all that Kyle McCord wasn't allowed to run the entire offense. Would we have liked to have seen it? Yeah, no doubt about that. It's fun to evaluate and it's fun to see what those guys can do to project in the future, but he's thrown 38 passes. Uh, As Bill said the other day, he discounts a start against Akron, but it was a start for Ohio state in the horseshoe. That's that's 38 more passes than CJ Stroud ever threw before he was thrust into the fire. I just like he has, four really hard three or four hard practices a week against very good talented Ohio State defenders uh that is probably more challenging than he's going to see 
uh, coming in and even going into the second quarter if we wanted against Rutgers to see that. Like I don't, I just, I don't really buy that as a negative against Kyle McCord because we've seen Ryan Day develop these guys with no previous experience whatsoever and immediately throw them out there. I mean, C.J. Stroud had one year in a COVID year where they were really not even practicing at all, and he went out there and threw for. 900 yards in the first two games of his career before his shoulder got banged up. I just, I don't, I don't see that as an issue for McCord. Two years in the system and 38 passes and a start seems like a pretty good head start to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think it's almost two different discussions when it comes to that because I agree with you that he could, whatever the number is that he's had passing attempts, I think it's, it's fine when you look at the, the past history of the position here. But then there's, I think there's the other piece of it too. I think to Berm's point is like, Kyle McCord saw what we all saw, which was ample opportunity for him to to do more if Ryan Day wanted him to do more. And I wonder if that might mess with his psyche at all. Like, is there any part of him that's like, oh, they don't trust me to do this, so so they didn't let me do it? Um, mm-hmm. And and probably I'm sure those conversations happen behind closed doors to assure him that that's not the case, and to tell him that the things that he said to you when when you spoke to him Austin down at the Peach Bowl media day that he understood that the state of the game and you don't want to run the score up on people. I, I think maybe he has a firm grasp on that, but also I, I think it's human nature to have a little bit of doubt creep into your mind when everyone in the world is asking why, why isn't this kid being allowed to do more when, when the, the table is set for him to do it, if you, if you wanted to permit him to do so. So um, if he has to overcome that a little bit, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by it. I don't, I don't know how much it lingers, perhaps not at all. He's, he's fairly mature by this point, but it could be an issue. Everyone's favorite player is the backup quarterback. And that's, uh, you know, been this case in pr- football for a long time. And I think it's just a difficult opportunity or difficult situation for Kyle because he didn't get a chance to really be everyone's favorite backup quarterback. And now you're going to see a large portion of the fan base wanting to see more from the backup quarterback who would be behind him. And I, I just think that that puts him in a really weird position where ultimately there are, there's already a segment of the fan base that believes Devin Brown is going to be the guy who takes over the job. And I don't know that that's fair to Kyle, but I also don't know if that's fair to Kyle, if that makes sense, because we haven't seen what he can do when he's really just put out there with the first-team offense against the first-team defense and let it ride. Now, on the flip side of that, he certainly has the confidence of Marvin Harrison and Jaden Ballard and Emeka Abuka and Julian Fleming. These guys know who he is, but is that going to translate when Ohio State's playing You know, in the first quarter of uh, the game at South Bend against Notre Dame, and, and all of a sudden you haven't been in these situations where you know, again, going back to Dwayne and Joe, Dwayne came into the biggest game of his life as a you know redshirt freshman and, and made throws that people are like, well, holy crap, we know now whatever comes, this guy has done it in a situation that we had no idea if he could. And I just don't think people have any idea if Kyle can in that moment. I've said on record over and over, I think Kyle is going to be a professional quarterback and a good one. I, I, he has all of the makeup, all of the mental makeup, all the physical tools to be a great player in college football and in an NFL, you know, longtime NFL guy, but it's, it's still a different world when you step on the field at Ohio state. I realized that bill was subtly telling me that I was wrong about the number of attempts that Kyle McCord had thrown over the previous two years. So I will correct myself in that it was 30. I was not actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you made me think that it wasn't right in your own very polite, subtle way. You weren't going to say what it was. It's actually 58. Because it was 38 as a freshman and 20 last year off the bench. Mm-hmm. So almost almost double what I thought it was. Even better for Kyle McCord. Uh, again, I don't. we've certainly seen his expression in the fourth quarter of games and coming off the field when he's got nothing to do but hand off. We know that he didn't like that, and nobody would. Every competitor wants to be able to go out there 
and show off their arm and or, or their best skill set and and make a case for the future and let the Ohio State fans rally behind you know Kyle McCord and get ready. We know that he wanted to do that and he didn't get the opportunity to do so. I'm just not taking any exception with the way that Ryan Day chooses to manage his quarterbacks because he's yeah. proven to be pretty darn good at it. No, I, I think that's fair. I also fair. think I also think it's easy for people to understand, or we've all seen it, when you have a conversation with Devin Brown, like the kid has a certain gravitas to him. He has a little bit of just this uh it that you can it's it's palpable. So I understand where people are like, oh man, maybe if this kid gets on the field, he's just gonna take it and run. That's why it's it's on it's on Kyle McCord's shoulders to make sure that doesn't happen. So I mean he is going to get, I believe, the first chance to go out there and be the starter come spring ball, but he's gonna need to be really good because there is certainly a component to this where if you let Devin Brown get that momentum, I don't see him as the type of kid who's gonna give it back. That's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. I just like if if Kyle leaves the door open an inch like whatsoever, I think I think Devin Brown is the kind of person that's going to attack that. Now, I but I also do think I agree with you, Brian, that Kyle is talented enough that that doesn't happen. Um I I I don't know. I've not gotten the sense from Kyle in in talking with him that um he had maybe taken like some some ownership of the fact that like that it was now going to be his offense and maybe that's hard to do when you're not playing a ton and CJ Stroud is in front of you. Um, it felt to me more like Devin Brown, like felt that way the second he stepped on campus. And maybe that's just the differences in their personality and not, not actually the way of things. But um, I think perhaps there's a little bit of a recalibration or, or a different kind of mindset that Kyle has to embrace because um, it is not a situation where the job's just going to be handed to him based off seniority. He, I think he has to legitimately go out and beat Devin Brown. It's not, it's not a, we're going to give you every chance in the world. Even if you fail a few times, you're still our guy because you're older. Um, I don't. I don't think Ryan Day or, or Devin Brown will allow that to happen. I think there was an element of that conversation last year when we'd be talking about it at OhioState.Rivals.com, where it was like, "Well, I just don't. I don't know if I see it that it factor with Kyle McCord." People would ask us that. I'm like, "Well, how is he supposed to? Like, he wants to run the entire offense, and he understands that he's coming in at the end of a blowout." I, you know, the three of us have all seen him do it in different ways in in the Woody when he it's just him and Marvin Harrison Jr. out throwing routes like the work ethic is not in question the mm-hmm. relationship with those receivers that Berm you know mentioned that <clears throat> he's lived with uh, or known for multiple years is not in question they know that he can do that so i think that maybe with some of the younger wide receivers there's been that opportunity for him to develop a better relationship or a stronger rapport and then to try and go out there and say that he needs to act that way around Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like that wasn't his place. That like, he never was anticipating an opportunity to be the guy when CJ Stroud was around. And I can understand being deferential to that. I think mainly what I've seen from him, and maybe this is projecting too much, is just preparing the next wave of wide receivers uh, and his chance to lead the offense and put his stamp on it. And that the younger guys know what he can do. Now, I think Devin Brown, as you said, Bill, has tried to do that right from the start as well. So that will be an interesting, uh, another interesting dynamic at play there because they both want to be leaders and they both want to be alpha guys. And I think projecting it outwards comes much more naturally to Devin Brown than maybe it does for Mm -hmm. Kyle McCord. Uh, But once you get in that position as a starting quarterback at Ohio State, you have no choice. You're going to have to do that and you're going to have to. Whether people like it or not, you're going to have to be the one leading that dance with the wide receivers in the corner of the end zone. Like, 
that's well, going to that, be part of the job. That yeah. being being the alpha, as you said, is it's it's expressed differently for everybody, and we know that Justin Fields expressed it much differently than JT Barrett did. JT Barrett expressed it much differently than Dwayne Haskins. Everyone knew that Joe Burrow was that guy as well. Everyone knew that CJ Stroud was that guy, but it didn't always come off that way because he's from California and he's a little bit different. He's a little bit more un- under the radar. Kyle McCord's from Philly. I mean, we know how Philly guys are. He, he's not interested in uh, both, you know, standing out there and beating his chest and do, but everyone know, he knows what he's doing and he knows that he's done what he needs to do to, to be in the position to be the guy, but now you got to go earn it. And that's, uh, that is, I think what makes college football great is that this is not guaranteed and uh, it, it, it's going to be fun to watch. Now you're going to get a not so subtle correction from Bill. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it this time. I know he's from New Jersey. I know. I was trying to get Bill to bite on it. Dang it! No, uh, all, he's but he's a oh, fine. He's a he's a West Jersey guy. Okay, They're, those those guys are very That's similar right. in personality to East Philly guys. Okay, very similar. He's, he is he is regardless of of where he lived. Uh, he is a proud son of the Philadelphia Catholic League, and we appreciate that about him. I've never heard somebody described as a West Jersey guy. West Jersey. I mean, if he's not a West Jersey guy, what is he? A South West Jersey guy? I don't know. East East Philly. He's an East Philly guy. Yeah, exactly. And, and those guys, they, they have a certain way about them, a certain, you know, almost nonchalance that borders on disinterest. But he, he is very, like, passionate when you talk to him. Like, if you talk to Kyle, you know he's trying to burn a hole through your brain when he's talking to you. Like, he's looking at you and he's like, I wants to choke you out. Yeah. I like. He's got, he's got, there's some fire there for sure. Like he, he showed up at St. Joe's prep and like stole the starting job there. Like he's, he's not somebody who just like kind of hangs around and waits for things to come yeah. to him. So like, he, I don't, won, I don't, he won I don't three want, state championships. It's not like yeah. he's a guy that doesn't have a resume. And I, I think people just kind of forget because Ohio State's quarterbacks have been so good that everyone gets there a little different way. And I'm, whether it's Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, you know, Ohio State's going to have a, a bad mother at quarterback that's just the way it's going to be mm-hmm. thought we were going to get another berm explosion to get no, us this, off. This, this one i was more ready for <laughs> okay you knew it was coming and you were able yeah. to head it off at the pass i love that. well i was going to say bamf but i didn't know if people would get the reference so bamf well you know bad. it would have taken me a while yeah yeah, yeah what's what's his what's his wallet say exactly so i mean it, you know what he is and he, they're both that guy and so you know, when you come to Ohio State, that's why you come there. Devin Brown wasn't worried about Kyle McCord and Quinn Ewers being there before. Lincoln Keenholz isn't worried about uh, Devin Brown and Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord wasn't worried about Devin Brown. I mean, this this is why you recruit these types of players. Okay. Uh, that is the first in a State of the Unit preview series leading up to spring ball. They're not going to be coming every single day because – then Wednesdays. How about Wednesdays? A, we used to do Wednesdays? stock reports on Wednesdays. I mean, it seems like Wednesday is the right day to do this. Well, we'll probably it's, have to sprinkle in a, a second one to get there, to get through oh, all the units by the sprinkle? first week of March. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that's okay with you, yeah, sprinkle it in just like that. A little bit of salt. Um, okay. That's the quarterbacks. That's where we start. Uh, next time, we'll let Bill pick which position we go to. So I guess that'll be the offensive line. Mm. But we'll, Prepare stay yourself, t- gentlemen. Stay t- Stay tuned to find out. That'll be a three-hour uh, the version of the podcast daily. This one, much shorter, as we start with the quarterbacks and move through the Ohio State roster ahead of spring ball. That's Berm, Bill. I'm Austin. This has been the podcast daily. We'll talk to you later.